it's okay to laugh because that is just stinking funny right there. That is hilarious. Why would we do a series on the family called the F word? <laughs> that lady thinks it's funny. <laughs> you gonna be okay? <laughs> because a lot of times for many of us, family feels offensive. We want to avoid it. No one talk about it. It's, it's kind of a polarizing topic, right? So that's why we're talking about it. I want to start and jump right into this by letting you know the premise behind this entire series. I, it's, it's, there's a question. There's a question that, that I've been wrestling with that has kind of become the, the brain work behind everything we're going to do over the next few weeks. And here's the question. What if we love our family like Jesus loves us? What if, just imagine, if we loved our beep the way Jesus loves us? He said, no, man, that's family. That's different. That's family. That's different. No, really? Is it? Because see, this is what Jesus told us to do. Let me remind you of what drives our vision here as a church, to receive and share the love of Jesus. When Jesus said this to his disciples, so now I'm giving you a new commandment, love each other. Here it is, just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Yeah, but he's not talking about family, is he? Well, let me ask you, who do you love more than anybody else in your life? Because we say it. You say it. I say it. Man, I love my family more than anybody else. I love a lot of people, but I don't love anybody like I love my family. Now, I know we got issues, and I know this ain't perfect, and I know it gets messy and crazy, and they're a weird bunch, but I love my family more than anybody else. Wouldn't you say that? Wouldn't we feel that? And that's a kind of a normal thing to feel for most of us. But why is it then, since we love our families more than anybody else, it's often the hardest to show the love of Jesus to our families? You ever realized that? The most difficult place to live this stuff out, the stuff we talk about at church, the stuff, you know, maybe whether you're watching online or joining us in one of the other locations or you're here, a broadcast location, you know, we join together and we get in here and we talk about knowing God and loving God and following God and loving other people and all this kind of stuff. Have you ever realized it's the most challenging to apply that at home than any other place? It's often the last place we think about. Well, I need to think about loving my neighbor. Well, I need to think about, you know, that guy I work with, that girl I work with, you know, that girl down at the office. We almost never say, you know, I need to start at home. But that's exactly where we must start. We need to start at home. This series is for everybody. Because everybody is in a family, came from a family, is going to be in a family. This series is for everybody. What we're going to talk about applies to you. If you're a follower of Jesus, it specifically is aimed at you and I. People who are receiving the love of Jesus, to share the love of Jesus like this with our families. But even if you're not a Christian, even if you're not a follower of God, or maybe you're not quite sure right now where you are spiritually and you're not quite sure what you think about this whole church thing, this stuff will work in your life. 
And I believe and we believe that as you discover more and more how Jesus loves you, you'll understand just how much it makes sense to love each other, especially your family that way. And what would happen if we did? So once again, we're talking about love. That, that thing that a lot of people are going, oh, yeah, that love, happy little truth. Happy little truth called love. I know, but it's the most challenging thing you'll ever do, especially at home. And we're going to talk about all different facets of the family relationship, but we're going to begin today talking about marriage and what it looks like to love your husband, to love your wife with the same love that Jesus has loved and is loving you. Now, if you're single and you hope to be married one day, take notes. If you're single and you like it that way, <laughs> take notes because you can apply these principles to other meaningful relationships in your life. But specifically, we're talking about marriage. How has Jesus loved me? How has Jesus loved you? How has Jesus loved us? And how do we take that kind of love to our marriage? Well, let's think about it. You could describe Jesus's love as, uh, well, he loved us with his grace. Yep, that would be right. And boy, don't we need more grace in marriage. Oh, you know what? He forgives us. Boy, couldn't we use more forgiveness in our marriages? Oh, he sacrificed his life for us and, and couldn't sacrificial love just take our marriages to the next level? Yeah, yeah, all of that would be true. But I think the best way to describe how Jesus has loved us and how if we could love each other in our marriages as husbands and wives this way, it'd be a game changer. And this is what actually God has called us to do. I think one of the best ways to describe God's love for us through Jesus is that Jesus knows everything about us and yet loves us unconditionally. That's a, a broad generalization, but I think everything kind of fits up underneath that umbrella. God knows everything about you and still loves you as much as you can possibly be loved. He knows everything about me and loves me unconditionally regardless. In Jesus, we are fully known and fully loved. What if we loved our spouse this way? You get to know all kinds of stuff about your husband and your wife, stuff you wish you didn't know, stuff that's a surprise, stuff that you wish you, know, you didn't have to deal with. What if you could fully know and fully love and be fully known and be fully loved because I'm saying to you that marriages were meant to be that way. And this is what it looks like in your marriage to love your husband, your wife, with the same love Jesus is loving you with because you are fully known and fully loved. Actually, let's, I want to take you back to the very first marriage so you can get a picture of what this looks like, of what it looked like at the very beginning and then what got in the way of this. The very first marriage, Adam, Eve, in the Garden of Eden. So God created Adam. Adam realized, man, I'm alone. I'm alone, and I've got all these animals, and I've named all these animals, but even though the dog, you know, he, he's kind of like my best friend so far. Just ain't cutting it. And I'm not sure who let the cat out. But, you know, see, Satan was already at work in the earth right there. You can just see the cat. It should have been a warning sign. But God noticed Adam was alone. So he, he brought Adam a companion. 
put Adam into a deep, deep sleep. The scripture says he opened up Adam's side, took a rib from Adam's side, closed up the place with flesh, made Eve, brought Eve to Adam, and Adam was like, whoa. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about now. This is awesome. And God told Adam and Eve, the two of you are to become one. That's the picture of marriage. Two people becoming one. I want to read to you how their relational dynamic was described. Check this out. Now the man and his wife, Adam and Eve, were both naked, but they felt no shame. By the way, this is my life's verse. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, every, every, every 15-year-old boy ought to memorize this verse. It's in the Bible. <laughs> Keep you focused. They were naked, but they felt no shame. And I know some of you men are thinking, man, we need to get back to the Garden of Eden in this world. And I know some of you ladies are thinking, well, if I was perfect, I would be naked and not ashamed either if I looked like her. But this is not just a description of their physical appearance. Being naked and no shame meant much, much more than their physical appearance. That described their relational dynamic as well. They were fully transparent with one another. They were able to fully know each other so that they could fully love each other and nothing at this point was getting in the way and messing that up and muddying that up. At this point, relationally, completely transparent, fully knowing, fully loving, and they also happened to be butt naked. And it was cool. But then something happened that changed all that. God had told Adam and Eve and given them specific instructions. And, and even if you're new to church and, and God and all that, you're probably familiar with the overall story because it's kind of a cultural story as well. He told them, this is the tree I don't want you to eat from. All the other ones, yes, this one, no. And what'd they do? Well, Eve ate first, by the way. <laughs> and she handed to her husband... And not that he was hungry, but it was like, you want to take a bite, don't you? <laughs> yeah. There's a husband in here who's like, I feel that. I know it. <laughs> but they both chose to disobey God. And in the moment, in the moment, for the very first time, when human beings disobeyed God, when Adam and Eve said, stick it to God, we hear you, we see you, but we don't care, we're going to do our own thing, Something happened. Look at it. At that moment, their eyes were opened. And they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Now, I suggest to you that this is not just a description of what happened physically. This is also a description of what happened relationally. They covered themselves because of their shame, and husbands and wives have been covering themselves ever since. Not just physically, relationally. We've been covering ourselves ever since. 
hiding, pretending, protecting, projecting a false sense of ourselves, posing, hiding behind masks, putting up walls. And yet, this whole idea from the very beginning of marriage is for us to fully know and fully love. It's hard to fully know and fully love when you're covering up who God made you to be, who God created you to be, who God wants you to be. When you're covering up and you're hiding and you're protecting and you're projecting who you want to be, but you're not really, you're playing games. But God wants us to fully know each other and fully love each other. And I know what you're thinking, men and women alike, okay? Because we both need this. Men need it as bad as women. Women need it as bad as men to be fully known and fully loved. And I, it's natural to think this, to say, well, I, I'm afraid that if they fully know me, they're not going to fully love me. Because once you get to know me, you may not love me. By the way, that's what's so painful about divorce. And if you've been through a divorce and you're honest, and you think about it, you'll say, yeah, yep, that's right. Because in a divorce, what happens is you're more fully known, and yet there's a line that's crossed where at least one person says, yeah, but after getting to know you, I no longer choose to love you. After getting to know this about you, I'm out. And that's what hurts so badly. And we don't put that on the form because that's just, you know, that's too harsh. We have this little box that says irreconcilable differences that sounds so lame and tame, right? I mean, oh well. But to be known and then someone to walk away and reject you because they know you. That's what that hurts so bad. Because every one of us want to be loved and we want to be known and we want to be fully known and fully loved, yet we're afraid. Because we're constantly comparing ourselves, constantly comparing ourselves to other people. Well, I'm not like her. And he discovers that I'm not like her and I'm not like them, then he won't love me. I'm not like him. And if she ever gets a full glimpse of who I really am and really begins to see who I'm not, and she, because I can't measure up. See, let, me, let me just help you, us all with comparisons. Comparisons, you lose every time. Social media, you only see what people want you to see. You're looking at her and you're like, she's the perfect wife, she's the perfect mom, she's got the perfect body, the perfect skin, the perfect whatever. You're looking at him and saying, is there anything he can't do? He has all this, he does all that, he makes his kind of money, he's got perfect everything in life. You only see what people want you to see in social media. Even people who say, this is the real me. That ain't the real them. It's the projected them. And we compare ourselves to friends, right? And even friends we might go to church with and say, yeah, I'm not like her, I'm not like them. And if they ever figure out who the real me is, they won't love me. Problem is, is we're constantly comparing our blooper reel to everybody else's highlight reel. And you'll lose every single time. Here's the truth. And a caution. First, the truth. You will never be fully loved until you allow yourself to be fully known. You can't be fully loved until you're fully known. 
You got to open up. Stop that pretending. Stop the posing. Stop the playing of games and participate in that icky sticky process of being fully known and fully loved. But here's a warning. That's challenging. Warning. That's going to be tough because a lot of us have never peeled back the layers like that. We're afraid to. A lot of us, I'd say maybe even most of us, have never participated in a process where we allowed others in deep enough to really, really know who we are. Even your husband, even your wife, you put up that wall, you project that image, and you hide behind it. Because if they fully know me, they won't fully love me. And you settle for less than God's best in your marriage because you won't do the hard work of being fully known and fully loved. I want to help you with that because I don't want you to settle. Never, ever settle. Now, that doesn't mean you need to get you a new man. He said, don't settle. So I'm going to get me a new man and get me a better marriage. No, 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 no. He said, don't settle. So I need to get me a new woman. No, 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 no. You're, listen very carefully, in your marriage right now, the shortest distance between where you are right now and a great marriage is in your current marriage. It always starts with the one that you've given your vow to. It starts with the person that you're married to. Not somebody else's wife. Not somebody else's husband. So let's look at this. Okay? To say, I fully know you, is to say, I see you. Very simple. Very hard to do. To your husband, to your wife, I see you. Because if you've been married for like more than 30 days, you begin to realize how quickly we get lost into the details and busyness of life. We lose each other in the mess, in the muck, in the, in the junk, in the bills to pay, in the jobs, and the decisions to make, and then the kids, and then the family members, and then they think, and then they want, and we got to go do this, and the errands, and the to-do list, and the problems to solve, and oh, that's broken, and that needs to be fixed, and I'm tired, and I'm not getting sleep, and I've just got so much pulling at me, and the expectations of others, and the assumptions that I have because of the expectations of others, you get lost in all of that. And sometimes it's just really good to come back to each other and say, I see you. I see you. See, in this world, it's so busy, it's just great to be seen sometimes. It's just great to be seen. And I mean men and women. Because, see, we get so selfish, right? Again, if you've been married for like 30 days or more, you'll find yourself gravitating and fighting for my way and my say. I want my say and I want my way in this. I want my say and my way. Hey, let me have my say so we can do things my way. All right, and then that even makes it worse. There's all of this stuff pulling at us and then we get so selfishly driven. It's easy to do. You have to stop and look at each other and say, I want to fully know you. Let's simplify this a little bit. I see you. I want you to know I notice you. I hear you, I listen to you, and I acknowledge your ideas and your opinion. I see you. I accept you as you are, as God created you to be. I see you. And I accept who God made you to be. 
I see you, and I want to know you fully, which means I want to know what you think, I want to know what you want, I want to know what you need. What would happen if we looked at each other as husbands and wives and said, I want to know what you're afraid of? Tell me. I want to know what you hope for. Tell me. I want to know all the good and I want to know all the bad. I want to know all the positive, but I also want to know all the negative. I see you. So bring all your flaws, bring all your weaknesses, and I'll bring mine, and we will love each other anyway. Now, isn't that romantic? Yeah. I see you. Because we all want to be fully known. What's the alternative? Well, we can just keep covering up and projecting and posing and pretending and playing and settling for less than God's best in our marriage. So what if, what if, what if we were to love each other the way Jesus loved us? And it begins with fully knowing each other. Scary, I know, I know, I know. Takes a lot of trust, I get it but it's so worth it. Let's keep going. To fully love each other is to communicate, I am for you. I am for you, not against you. And the reason that's so important is because, again, like after 30 days of marriage, you, you begin to find yourself drifting into patterns to where, wait a second, are you on my team or not? Are we in this together or not? You ever felt that? I felt that a couple times. Been married almost 24 years. And I know my wife has felt it. She's actually told me. I'm like, what? You crazy woman? I didn't do that. Right? It's so easy to be perceived. Our default setting as human beings who struggle with sin and shame is that we are actually against each other, not for each other. And here's how we know that when we are constantly trying to fix each other. Because even though I know the person you married, you got married because we're just perfect. We're just perfect for each other. And I just chuckle every time I hear a, a couple say that kind of stuff. You know, they sit in my office. Hey, I always ask the question, why do you want to get married? Well, we're just perfect for each other. <laughs> I try not to do that. Like, oh, no, you're not. No, you're not. Hey, guys, this is so funny. We're perfect for each other. 30 days in, they're going to be trying to fix each other because they realized he's not as perfect as I thought he was. She's not as perfect as I thought she was. You ever felt like your spouse is trying to fix you? It's so frustrating, right? Hey, husbands, you ever feel like your wife is trying to fix you? You notice it's real quiet right now because all the husbands are scared to say anything. <laughs> hey, ladies, listen, I know you know what it's like for your husbands to try to fix you because we try to fix everything. I'll fix that. Oh, that's simple. I got that. That's no problem. If you just do it my way, if you just do it like this, then they don't have any problems anymore. Right? Here's the deal. You can't fix each other. You cannot fix each other, but you can be for each other and often accomplish a greater goal 
than you could accomplish if you tried to fix each other. You can be for each other. You can actually love them to a better level. The idea is to help them be the best possible, the best possible version of who God created them to be. Them. Not you. Them. And if you're loving your spouse that way and they're loving you that way, you begin to be fully loved and able to fully love them as you communicate to each other, I am for you. I'm not against you. So encourage each other every day. Build each other up. Stop tearing each other down. If you only, and why won't you, and why can't you, and why won't you stop, and no, love each other to greatness. That's the only way that your husband will be greater, that your wife will be greater. The best version of who God created them to be is if you love them up to that level. You will never, ever, ever shame them to greatness. Yeah, but they got issues. <laughs> they got problems. It's got to be dealt with. Yeah, and you need to deal with those. You deal with what's real. But you will never, ever shame somebody to greatness. Never, ever. Will they become greater by you pushing your way on them, controlling them, shoving in their thoughts what you think, trying to get them to be more like you? No. Love them to greatness. Say, I am for you. I value you. I respect you. I trust you. I believe in you. I'm your biggest fan. Can you imagine being married to your biggest fan? Talking about an ego trip, man. Well, that's the last thing my husband needs. He's already thinks he's good enough. I just try to keep reminding him he ain't all that. Well, see, that's the problem. That's the last thing my wife needs. She's already, see, that's the problem. You're not going to build each other too, up too much. You're not going to overdo it, I promise you. Don't worry about that. Be their biggest fan. I am for you. 24 years, Don and I have been married almost. This summer will be 24 years. And, and I've just amazed at how, um, how through the years she has built me up, okay? I have 100% confidence in the fact that she is my biggest fan. And here's the deal. She knows everything about me. She knows all the stuff about me that if you know, you would never come back to church here ever again. <laughs> never. Matter of fact, you would run out of here, like right now. But she knows all that stuff and loves me more than any y'all could ever love me. And every Sunday morning, I've been doing this for a long time. I tried to add up not too long ago how many times I've spoken on a, on a Sunday morning kind of environment like this, and it's a lot. And I, and I love what God has called me to do, and I'm honored and humbled to be able to do it. But every Sunday morning, without fail, without fail, and I'm not even sure if she realizes she's doing it. Last thing I hear from her before I leave, because I leave before she does, she comes on a little bit later, but I hear these words, or something like this. You're going to do great today, babe. Hey, you got this. You got this. So I leave with a shot of attaboy before I ever get here. She's my biggest fan. And one of the greatest things that she has ever done for me 
See, I'm, much, I'm a much better pastor. I'm a much better husband. I'm a much better dad. I'm a much better person because she has loved me up. She has encouraged me to where I am. And I'm just telling you from personal example. Now, she's not perfect. I'm not perfect. And by the way, you won't know each other perfectly. And you won't love each other perfectly. But you can love each other and know each other fully. You say, love each other like Jesus does. I'm not Jesus. Well, we know that. So you're not going to do it perfectly, but you can do so fully. Somebody might be thinking, well, that sounds great, but my husband's not here. My wife's not here. Or they're here, but they don't care. And it's only me. It's only me. I'm the only one that gives a rip. I'm the only one that's trying. I'm the only one. What do I do if I'm the only one? How do I do this? Well, that's tough. I'm not going to lie. That's tough because this works best when both people are working at fully knowing each other and fully loving each other. However, don't stop. Keep it up. Still, the shortest distance between where you are right now and a great marriage is with the person you're married to right now. Don't quit. Fully love, fully know, and you might be amazed what God will accomplish through you fully loving them and fully knowing them and offering yourself to be fully known and fully loved. It may take a lot of counseling along the way. Listen, we've been there. Personally, we've been there. But it's, I'm amazed at how God works. So I want to leave you with a couple action steps, okay, to help you fully know and fully love. All right, let's start here. To fully know and say, I see you, okay, here's what you need to know. Work. To know and be known. Key word there is work. Work, 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 because it is hard work. To know each other fully and then to be known fully. There's a lot of questions you ask each other, and there's a lot of listening. A lot of conversations you have. You listen and then you share, and you listen and you share. It is hard work, and it doesn't come natural. You know what comes natural? The cover-up. That comes natural. Pretending, posing, playing games, you know, putting up walls. That's what comes natural to human beings. And so this, even though it's not natural, is much better. Do the hard work. Great marriages put in the work. Great marriages put in the work every day. Now, I know it doesn't sound romantic. Well, it shouldn't have to be work. It should just come natural if he loves me. Because on the movies, on This Is Us, That's a script that has been perfectly written as a figment of someone's imagination. I'm sorry. I love the show, too. I watch it. We cry through it. Well, not me. My wife cries through it, and I'm just like, tissue. (laughs) Yeah. Great marriages put in the work. Great marriages have couples that work through all of the reasons why it won't work. Let me say that again, because I know you've got reasons why it won't work. You work through all of the reasons why it won't work. Well, it won't work because, well, that's just another thing to work through. 
That's just something else to work through. You don't understand. I may not understand, but I've been doing this long enough and been knowing people in marriages long enough, and I've seen all shapes and sizes of marriages and all that kind of stuff, and it never fails. You show me a couple that's willing to work through all the reasons it won't work, and I will show you a husband and a wife that are destined for a great marriage. Hey, listen, as a church, we'd love to help you. We have a new... Um, new facet of our webpage on our life care section of our webpage where we have the ability for you to get linked up with some marriage mentors. Marriage mentors. People that are not there to get up in your business, okay, but they're coming alongside you and cheer you on and to help you learn what it means to fully know and fully love each other. So if you're interested in that, I challenge you, okay, and it's actually free. You can start with the free stuff. And if the free stuff doesn't work, then you can go to the more expensive, well worth it, counseling stuff. You may need, you got to put in the work. That's the point. You got to work through all the reasons why it won't work. And then secondly, to fully love each other and communicate I am for you, you have to choose to love and be loved. Keyword: choose. Choose, choose. Listen very carefully. Everybody that wants to be in love, every dating person, every single person that has hopes for the love of your life, the great marriage going forward, listen very carefully. Love is a choice. A choice. It's not a feeling. Now, it comes with feelings, but like all feelings, feelings come and go. And love romantic love, erotic love, blow your mind kind of love is a choice first and foremost. To someone to say, I know you and I choose to love you. What's more romantic than that? Than to be chosen after you're known. To say, I know you, I know everything. I still love you, I still choose. I choose you when it's easy to choose you, and I choose you when it's not easy to choose you. I choose you when it feels good, and I choose you when I want to wring your stinking neck. I choose you. I choose you. Great marriages make the choice every single day. Do the work, make the choice. Do the work, make the choice. This is how, listen, listen. This is how God loves us. We are fully known. He did all the work when he gave his life for us and we are fully loved. He chooses every day to continue to love us and he knows everything about you and and all the reasons why he still chooses. If we were to love each other as husbands and wives like that, do the work, make the choice to be fully known and fully loved and you can do it. You can Don't settle. Let's do it together. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity that you've given us to wrestle with this icky, sticky stuff. Thank you for the challenge. And I know Donna and I need it. I think every couple here needs it to be fully known and fully loved. May we do the work to know and be known and make the choice to love and be loved for the marriage that's about to implode, for the single person that's lost all hope 
May we commit to these things and never settle. Put in the work and make the choice and reap the rewards of not a perfect marriage, but a great marriage. And that's your design. Help us to love our spouse as you've loved us. In Jesus' name, amen.